up the band quick, just straight off my laptop, up low with the bandwidth, how slick can this man get, but the call off a razor, more diesel than Nash, I'm who pass all these haters, see the Hi, I'm who like him, but they don't know why when I'm, I'm not on Mad Man, is putting down that jerk yeah, off Triple H, <laughs> I'm listening to the perfect edge, and Triple H, I like the lowdown, you're an asshole and a dickhead. <laughs> So, a little call back to Matt Madness, episode 100. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast, Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Don Strowman, Don DiBiase, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, the man at Gravity Remembered, a.k.a. Donnie Delaware, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, also known as the Don Voltine Dream. <laughs> and I'm here with my good friend, Ron Pashery, a.k.a. Ron Pashery, and we are the Mighty Don't Shush, and this is episode 20 of The Perfect Edge. We're here. Can I say how much I enjoy the idea of Ron Pashery, also known as Ron Pashery? Sometimes you got to be different, that's all. You announce yourself as yourself. Just got to be different by being the same? That's right. (laughs) So... For anyone who is not aware, we have been building a long time towards this. Donovan, I want to congratulate you on finally reaching episode 20 of The Perfect Edge. I'm proud of you for making it 20 episodes. Uh, Thank you. And I want to toot my own horn. I know FCA gets a lot of my love, but I was the first spinoff show on this network, damn it. And I'm coming for my credit. (laughs) I love you guys, but I'm tired of the shit. I was the first spinoff. I gave a lot of guys who are now over credit and put them over. The Revival, Rusev, a bunch of other people, I put them over. I'm tired of the shit. Give me my credit, damn it. I definitely remember you liking The Revival before anyone else. Like, you definitely... Because I didn't like them when you first... I, I might have been starting to turn the corner a little bit. Like, I might have been starting to get it. But I was definitely not in on them. You were, you were the first person I remember that was, like, just a fan of those guys. So well, I, will, I, I, like, I will give you credit for that. Appreciate it. Well, I like Arn and Tully a lot. And they just remind me a lot of Arn and Tully. So I kind of seen it. Kind of seen where they, the lane they were going. So I just, you know, I, I got on board quickly. Also... TM61 should be back around soon. I think both of them are clear now, even though one I think it was only just one hurt. But they're back on the way, and they were my favorite tag team before one of them got hurt. I think it was Shane Thorne. So hopefully they'll come back into the mix next and do something great as well. Do you feel like they're going to be like a forgotten team, or do you think that they, they're going to come back and be something important? No, I think that, I think they'll definitely be something dope. I know when before they left, they were like, Entitled, I think they were in a title match with uh, AOP, who's another team that I started putting over, who's great. Um, and um, yeah, I think they, they, they can definitely do something with them because they were already kind of on the rise before the injury. So it's just all a matter of how they book them and write them in on NXT at this point. So TM61 was a team that I was, when they first started, I think my feeling was like, oh, here we go, another one of these like indie darling 
type stories where all the smarts are going to be in love with them and that usually sets me off on the wrong foot but after watching them over their first few months there they were a team that was starting to grow on me they had some really great matches and unfortunately they they kind of got stopped like right when they were getting really hot yeah um I don't, I mean, like, it's it's weird because, like, it's always weird when people get hurt in the middle of, like, a rise because, like, once they're gone and they start pushing other people, you kind of wonder, like, whoa, where would they have fit in at this time? And it's like, I kind of think it's, I don't know, I kind of think they kind of, they kind of done stuff in a time where it made sense. They kind of left at a time where it was starting to build again. So being in the in their absence, a lot of teams have risen. So kind of injecting them back in, it, it makes room for them to push someone up to the main roster, which God forbid anyone else goes to the main roster and becomes trash. But um, I don't know. It's just it's weird to see how they'll fit in now with with so many tag teams there. And it's tight. It's even tag team that's not even on television a lot. So um, I like uh, what's the, what's the guy uh, Sabatelli and. Uh, Riddick Moss, I like those two guys too. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not on as much, but like they have something there. They just have to keep them going. I mean, you got uh, what's, what's the heavy machinery? They're around. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a lot of tag teams that are, a lot of dope tag teams that are on that roster, and it's just it's different when you insert a team that kind of was already on the ride before they left, and seeing how it all plays out, especially when you have the you know the other teams that were just in the uh, the war games match. So, I don't know. It's just, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I would like to see them be able to pick up where they left off. Um, I haven't watched a lot of NXT lately outside of, like, I'll always watch the takeovers when they're, when they're on. Um, so, I don't know, and I, I'm going to apologize to everyone listening. My voice is shot. It's been a long few days. Um and I don't know how it's going to hold up through the entirety of this show, so I'm just going to apologize in advance. Um, but I don't know how many of the tag teams are really kind of at the top. I mean, AOP, I kind of think as long as they're there, they're always going to be the dominant team. Uh, Sabatelli and Riddick Moss, I saw those guys for the first time at the Performance Center before they were ever on NXT television. And I think there's a lot of promise for both of those guys. So I kind of, they're, they're guys I'd be interested to see what happens with them because I think there's, there could be something there. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't like I, like, I haven't been keeping up with it either, but I'm keeping up, like, I know a lot of the people that are there most of the time. So I do watch, uh, like, episodes. I try to keep up with on episodes. Like, I mean, I watch them that, that exact week, but, like, on weekends, I try to keep catch up. And So, I mean, the tag team division there, there's a lot of tag teams. They may not always be on television or always display, but, I mean, you got, uh, what's, the, what's the guy's names? Uh, dang, I can't even think of their team name right now, but uh, Montez Ford and uh, Dar- uh, D'Angelo Dawkins. Um, I can't think of their team name right now, but they're great. I like them. Uh, you got uh, Moss and Sabatelli. You got Heavy Machinery. You got uh, uh, Sanity, who's kind of at the top right now. LP's who's at the top right now. Um, I believe, no, I know for a fact, um, Adam Cole's uh, gang, uh, Fish and uh, 
what's the name right now? I'm forgetting everyone's name. Right <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly. Um, yeah, uh, those two, they just got the titles. And they also just, both of them lost their mom, I think, in the same week. So I identify with oh that. Oh, my so gosh, really? Guys, yeah, they lost their mom, I believe, in the same week, both of them. Um, so I identify with that. So if you guys are listening, you know, I, I feel your pain and holler at me. Hit me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Hey, Arte, we can console each other. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks for those so those guys. So it's definitely dope to see them win something and, you know, kind of help lift their spirits. Yeah, I did not realize that that was um... – that they both went through that. That's something you and I share as well. Uh, yeah. I lost my mom in 2003. So, yep. yeah, it's something that it's tough to deal with when it happens. And I don't. it never goes away. It just kind of gets different over time. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, my heart goes out to those guys. Yeah, and I think well. it was like a couple of days apart, too. So, like, it was, like, definitely different. Like, weird, almost. Yeah, that's crazy. Um how about any – is there any main roster stuff that you want to talk about? I mean, I talked about a lot of it on uh, Matt Madness, the weekly show, episode 101. But I'm sure there's some stuff you'd like to bring up that I wouldn't mind talking about a little more. Well, uh, we, we can go into the, the main – the regular, regular main roster stuff. We can start with Raw. Uh, Kurt Braun and Brock and Heyman segment – was typical what it was. I really, really hate that Kane's in this mixture. Why is he back? I thought he was like a, a mayor or a governor, whatever. Like I thought he was something else. Why is he around? Why is he needed? I just don't. I don't understand why he's needed. Like, and it's just like that's the one thing that's really making me like want to shave an extra twenty dollars off of one and to pay for a Royal Rumble ticket because Kane's there and I really don't want Kane to be involved in this match. I want Braun to have the title some damn way, even though we know it's not gonna happen because Brock's gonna have the title to WrestleMania. But I would rather just see Brock and Lesnar try to destroy each other again. Like I don't want Kane involved in this. That's exactly how I feel. One, if this guy really is running for some mayorship I can't imagine him going on TV dressed as the Demon Kane is going to help him win any votes. I can't. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but, I don't know because I just feel like it just shows. I mean, me being a forward-thinking person, I would think like, oh, Kane, he's back on television, which means he doesn't have the time to be in office worrying about political things because he's too busy wrestling when he probably shouldn't be. Yeah, like I, I could immediately see someone running a negative campaign ad against them, showing him on TV with that stupid mask and the horrible wig. I, this I just, is Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> he doesn't have time to worry about your city. He's too busy wrestling. Vote for me. Yeah, I can't see Glenn Jacobs winning this uh, mayoral race. I, I'd assume it's probably a November election. I don't think it happened already. So I would assume that He's not going to win. And maybe that's why he's back, because maybe he knows, hey, this politics thing is not going to work out for me. Then go in the back. I don't need you to have the terrible wig, which I'm always saying is terrible. It's not improved. Come on down here to Delaware. There's a lot of women who could point you in a good direction and get a nice wig, a nice lace front, something of that stature for that (laughs) mask, because you're not doing it, bro. You went lace so, front on Kane. 
I mean, there's, I mean, hey, there's a lot of women who can fix whatever he has going on with that mask and that hair situation. So, and that's not a diss to women. Women just they do great things with their hair. It's amazing, and Kane can use all of it. So, and I just really want him to go away or go in the back and put one of those huge church suits on and be in the back. <laughs> do you think there's any chance it's worth it to have Kane in this match just so? Braun doesn't take the actual loss. I mean, no? it's a good buffer for the loss, but I rather just you keep Braun strong somehow and Brock survive. That's how I feel. I feel like you shouldn't have put Brock, or you shouldn't have put Braun in another match with Brock for the title unless he was going to win. Like he took his one loss to him, so I feel like you should have kept him apart. In, until you decided Braun was going to beat him. To me, I think that's the only reason he should be in a match with, with Brock Lesnar again. Do you agree with that, or do you at least like that they're throwing him back in there with him, even though he's not going to win? No, I agree with it. Honestly, at this point, I love Brock just as much as the next wrestling fan, but I got to be honest, I'm kind of done with Brock. He's not on television. The title's not on television. It's pretty much a dead title. I mean, it was dead when you put on Bill Goldberg and then you put on Brock. You knew Brock wasn't going to be on television anyway. So that's just poor writing, dumb writers. But anyway, I feel like they should have went ahead, given us the Roman and, and, and Brock thing for Rumble. Let Roman take the title. You let Braun come back because Braun is never finished with Roman. We know this. And then you go into Rumble with that. Yeah, will Braun ever be finished with Roman? He's not finished with Roman. That's pretty much that. Literally, should probably be a shirt that they have like a target or something on Roman's face, and then on the back he says, "I'm not finished with with you, Braun Strowman." At the bottom, like maybe that's a shirt you should design. I might WWE. If you do this, there's audio recording that I came up with the idea first. Please do not make me take you to court unless you're going to give me season tickets to come whenever I want. Yeah, like overnight, twelve twenty one into twelve twenty two. This is going to be released to the public, so it is on record that you mentioned this first. And we all know that Brian Gerard James listens to Matt Madness podcast, so this may end up happening anyway. But yeah, it's his favorite his favorite podcast to listen to. It's where he gets most of his best ideas. Super thrilled to meet you at Icons. <laughs> I seen the gleefulness in his face personally, so it was definitely a moment. How much of a mark was he for the Matt Madness crew? Oh, he freaked out. He couldn't even pay attention to where he was walking in. He was like, oh, Matt Madness here. Oh, my God. Like, and he's just like, Brian, you got to pay attention in front of you. You got to keep walking. He's like, oh, all right. Oh, Ron's here. And he, so it was definitely a moment. The best part is, is that when one of the guys, I don't know, I think it might have been, it was either Eric or Prep, uh, they tweeted the picture of me, or maybe, they, yeah, they tweeted the picture of me with, with Brian Gerard James, and he liked it and retweeted it, like, within a minute. <laughs> so it, it's almost like he legitimately was waiting for that picture to be posted. Oh, he was definitely, by the second, couldn't leave his phone. Because I just remember one of them sent me a screenshot of the post with him liking and retweeting it, and the text was just, well, that didn't take long. Yep. So he did it, like, right away. Like, he was waiting for it. Um, Speaking of, uh, the Miz got the wrestler of the year on one, some uh, magazine publication. Did he really? And, uh, yeah, Russ pushed, uh, published it on the uh, Matt Madness Facebook page. You guys should go follow. 
Um, and I thought it was super hilarious because uh, Russ posted it and he was like, uh, someone call Eck. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite developments and one of my favorite stories as far as Matt Madness goes is that everyone has kind of jumped on board with The Miz and Eck is just on that island by himself. Even Laugh who hated The Miz as much, if not more than anybody, even he has a lot of respect for The Miz now. He says Miz should be the champion. I mean, well, that's it's only off him because he's off television. We all know this. But I don't Laugh doesn't think he, he should be the Intercontinental champion. Laugh thinks he should be, like, the Universal champion. I mean, it can't be any worse than Brock. Well, no, he would actually be on TV and talk about the title and... And he like has he's proud to be the champion. Yeah, he has his lackeys too, so that helps. I mean, it worked for well, it didn't necessarily work for gender, but it made something of it. Anyway, uh, uh, we got uh, the whole Rollins, Jason Jordan, Samoa Joe thing. And honestly, seeing Seth Rollins come out and he didn't even have on like Shield gear initially, it just made me think like this Shield thing is dwindling very quickly. Yeah. For something uh, that everyone wanted so bad and was so excited for, it has not really gone well, other than, like, the, the initial reaction to it. Well, my initial reaction to it was, one, you had them going against The Miz in the bar, and that's it. You haven't bought up any, like, there's no good faction for them to go against. You haven't bought up, like, someone like a Sanity or, you know, anything like that. Which I said they should have waited a year till Sanity comes up, and then you form them. Let Sanity run amok, and then you form them to kind of tame that. And it was pretty much a, a money grab and a waste because you bought them up to face the Miz and the Bar, who are not a faction. And there's nothing for them to really do afterwards but do solo things. There's no, there's no one for them to really be the shield against. There's no corporation. There's no, you know. So there's nothing really for them to go against. So it's really a waste. And, uh, just like a grab for, for Survivor Series. That's actually a good point, and I don't know if I've heard anyone anyone else make it. I and definitely like, said the whole sanity thing before. It was a while ago, though. That you said, but like the idea of the shield being brought back together was cool, and like everybody was happy because most people like those three guys, and most people were actual fans of the shield. But you're right. They didn't really have, like, an adversary to go against. There was nothing yeah. for them to, like, fight against, really. Well, we all know what it was. It was it was pretty much a money grab for Survivor Series, something to get people's eyes on Survivor Series and to get Roman over. Everyone think, knows Do that. you think it worked at all? Uh, it's worked. Um, I, don't, I don't recall. I'm trying to think the last time Roman came out, if I recall more booing than cheering i think it's working per se but i think it's just working because people know like oh they're in the shield form right now but as soon as it's like long gone and out of the picture i think people will kind of do what they do which is kind of sad because roman definitely can go he's come a long way and i've I've, i when i started watching wrestling again roman was my favorite um me personally but um i don't know It's 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 definitely worked for him more than it's hurt him per se um, I mean, it couldn't have hurt or Seth or Dean anymore. Like they were kind of already over. Like, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. I just find it just super 
awkward that it's 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 dwindling fast, and it's like they they can't even keep them together on TV every week. Yeah, that's one of the things that actually drives me crazy about like the Roman haters is he is good, and I remember the worst I remember him being was like right before WrestleMania thirty two. That was the one in Dallas, right? Yeah, I believe so. That was the worst I remember feeling about Roman. Like, people just hated it. People didn't want it. They didn't do a good job of, like, building him to WrestleMania. Um, But from there to now, which we're talking about two years has gone by, he has gotten so much better in every respect. He's gotten better in the ring. He's gotten better on the microphone. He looks more comfortable. And when he's out there, it looks like he knows who he is supposed to be. And I don't think he's getting nearly enough credit for the fact that he's actually working hard and still getting better. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely... Um, kind, he's kind of took on the Cena role, per se. Um, I don't... He hasn't... I don't think he's taking it on as well as Cena has, but it's it's enough people there where he doesn't have to carry the whole load by himself. Especially at this point, you got so many guys who've come back off of injury or whatever, what have you. So Raw kind of fills itself out for the most part. But the guy can go. He's been doing his thing. Whether you like the matches or not, like he sustained decent matches at best. I mean, or at least. So it's like, I mean, you, you can't really, you can't be too mad at the guy, like, honestly, like, you just can't. Like, he's he's, he's decent, He's at, at least. He's dope to me. I think he can go. Um, probably wouldn't put him on my favorite list today, but that doesn't negate that the guy is a good wrestler. Yeah, and something you just said. You said, like, whether people like the match or not, he can go. And if you think about it, whether people want to admit it, they do always like his matches because almost every match he has, no matter how much he gets booed, ends up getting a This Is Awesome chant. Yeah. So they do yeah. like it, whether they want to admit it or not. And I mean, it's 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 one of those things where I kind of keep the window open and see what happens with him because he's not the first person in his family who went through this phase. No. So it, it we know that The Rock went through this phase. I'm pretty sure. Uh, his, I think the Usos may have went through a phase like that too, didn't they? Yeah, so when I started watching again, like hardcore, we're talking like, this was around the time Daniel Bryan was getting his match with Triple H at WrestleMania 30. I was starting to watch, like, not on a weekly basis, but I was watching it a lot. And... I feel like between WrestleMania 30 and the Rumble in 2015 in Philadelphia, I feel like the crowd had pretty much soured on them and just they were just boring and people didn't care. And they were tag team champs a bunch during that time and they were being billed as like they were like the franchise players in the tag team division, but the fans just didn't really care. And right before their heel turn, People just did not care about them. People did not want to see them. People were not interested. And those guys, and see, they are getting credit for how much better they've gotten in the last year. 
Well, I think that's because they they turned them heel and they let them be them. And I just I think I think it just shows and proves like like even like even with with Mojo Raleigh they they turned him heel even though I think he's trash. Um, <laughs> it, I think it could build from something from there. And I, I I mean I rooted him on. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, <laughs> I'm trying not to get ahead here. But I was just so excited that that writer got stumped. Um. <laughs> And we'll get into that. Um, I'm glad Joe Lafferty is in on on knowing now why everyone in Matt Madness hates Ryder, or most of us for anyway. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll also get into my story with with Zach Ryder as well um, when that time comes. But anyway, we'll just keep it moving. Um, we're not even going to get into the Raw and Jason Jordan match. I want to get into Jason Jordan, or as I like to call him, Drakeson Jordan. <laughs> I love that just because it reminds me of Drake so much. Because he's whiny and a crybaby and a brat and a baby. It's not, it's not even just that. It's just like he tries to like it's, – it's, it's, those points are definitely good. Those are the good points of him. But it's just like when he tries to do like the suave, smooth talking, <laughs> melting you type thing, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you're so Drake. Like, like you literally like are Drake right now. Like, and he, like he even kind of looks like him a little bit. Like it's just like – like, oh, my intensity. I guess you could say I got... Like, that's so Drake. Like, Drake would definitely say something like that. Yeah. So, just like, oh, my God, you're so Drakeish. Like, it's so cheesy, but it's, like, Drakeish. Like, it's... So, I call him Drake's and Jordan because he just reminds me of him so much, like, when he does stuff like that. But um, outside of that, which is just... It's not even, like, I hate him. It's just, like, he's starting to come into a character. And it's, like, you're kind of getting the, the, the framework of it. And it's just, like, interesting to see where he goes... Um, and it's, it's weird because they keep inserting him with all these big, big time guys. So I, it's just, I'm, I'm interested to see where they're going with him. Um, I really, honestly though, I wish they didn't break him apart from American Alpha per se, because I feel like it would have, it would have been better for him to continue to be in the tag team. Like this is decent, but it's like, I don't, I don't know if I would have rather what he's doing now over him being in American Alpha and being in tag situation, but I don't know. I'm going to disagree slightly. Now, I'll agree that I would have loved to have seen American Alpha work out and succeed because I loved them. They were my favorite tag team in NXT. I thought that they, and you know, they were brought up, they were drafted on Raw as like it was a big deal. Or drafted on SmackDown, it was a big deal. And then they just did nothing with them. They kind of just threw the titles on them one week. And then they lost them. And then that was kind of it for them. Um but as much as I would have loved to have seen that succeed, we got to a point where we knew they were not going to do anything with American Alpha. So I think that they did the next best thing, which is while the thing with Jason Jordan didn't really work out for the first six to eight weeks, like you said, it's really starting to turn into something. And like we're watching it grow and we're watching it evolve. And he's getting a ton of heat from the live crowds. I know personally he's making me laugh quite a bit. Yeah, it's definitely um, hilarious. And I like the story where he keeps getting in these high-profile matches and he can brag about how he pushes all these guys to the limit, but he never wins. And eventually this is probably going to lead to him being maybe like a little more sinister. But I like that we're getting to see an actual character develop for him. And we've gotten to see Gable kind of shine a little bit with oh, Shelton Benjamin. Great. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy with what they're doing with 
Jason Jordan. And I'm happy yeah. with now what they're doing with, with Gable. Oh, we'll definitely get the Gable uh, pause. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Like, it's like I, I would have liked to see what happened with America Alpha. Because they were in, like, a down period for tag team when that happened. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like one of the things, like, I – I like what they're going now, but like at the same time, it's like in a dual world, I would like to see what he would be doing with American Alpha. But it is what it is. Uh, things to kind of glance over. But one, you can't glance over this. Only reason I really watch Raw is for Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman. I just want to mm-hmm. see what they're doing. Um, Dayo Tommy shows up. Who cares? Um, Samoa Joe. Oh, I have to say this. Cesaro is the only reason I watch the bar matches. I really try to skip over them, and I just can't because I just I need to see what this guy is doing in every match that he's in, and I really want to skip over the matches sometimes because just like ah, uh, but I can't skip over like Cesaro. Thank you for being a saving grace and for me watching Sheamus and watching matches that I sometimes want to skip over, but I don't because you're in them. Yeah, I think that. Um... Cesaro is an unbelievable in-ring performer. Every every match he's in, like he makes it fun to watch. And yeah, I think he makes them must see. Yeah, definitely, especially when uh, I think it was Seth. Yeah, Seth was like trying to crawl to uh, get the tag, and he like like did a bulldog motion and like pretty much pushed him back like a dog, like yeah. to the other side of the ring. Crazy, just great, amazing stuff. It's always something different. And the only other thing I have to say about that match with the Shield and Drake and Jordan and the Bar, <laughs> Samoa Joe. I call them Samoa, the Samoan Bars on my uh, notes in the Drake <laughs> Shield. Um, but Ambrose hurting his arm. Um, he's definitely hurt. I think they said he underwent some surgery or something like that to see if uh, how bad it was, and he'll probably go undergo another surgery. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see anything about a surgery, although I wouldn't be surprised. All I do know is they said the injury was for real, and either Aaron or Eric said on the show uh, on Wednesday that they already announced he's going to be out for six months. Well, yeah, I mean, you definitely could tell he was hurt because like he he was cussing like for sure, like when it like he he kind of rolled over kind of out of the frame, and you could see him like kind of holding the arm, and then, like, he immediately, like, kind of went over by, like, the stairs area, and he, like, just, like, kind of, like, cussing a little bit and, like, just definitely holding it. So it was, like, it's definitely, he's definitely hurt. And I think the whole back that backstage scene was just kind of, like, to stage the whole arm thing until they figured it out and, like, kind of read, like, the night after or whatever like that. He was, like, definitely, like, undergoing the surgery to see, like, how bad it was and possibly going to be out for a while. So um, for me... Kind of is what it is. Like, I mean, it's I, I kind of see it as a blessing for the guy. Like, go away for a while, get some relaxation, enjoy your wife, um, heal up, and come back and be refreshed, do something new. I mean, it, it helps Seth, even though it took Seth a while because he just kept getting in the mix and kept getting rehurt. But I mean, it can't help. It can't hurt you more than where you are right now. Like, especially in the spot that the shield's in, it's like it's not really. It's not, you know, bubbling, so can't really hurt you as much. Yeah, I agree. It, it might almost be like a blessing in disguise that this whole thing with the shield got stopped when it did because it doesn't really feel like it was going anywhere special. 
Yeah, I mean, because I mean, six months that'll push you somewhere near the summertime. I'm pretty sure there's some sort of pay per view that you can come back and you know do some dope to, to reenter yourself back into the picture. So I'm not good with tacking out what pay per view is, which that's Alo's job. I'll let him do that, but I think that'll work. <laughs> um, we got the revival versus I've Got Kids. Um, it was a good comeback match for the revival. Uh, we'll. Another team where they're coming back, and you gotta kind of gotta see where they're gonna fit into the scene. Um, the Rhino and Slater segment with Kirk was hilarious. Oh, that that was great. I liked that they got right back to the Heath Slater gimmick that he had when they kind of got the ball rolling with them. And it yeah. makes me a little bit hopeful that they will have something to do at least for the next few weeks. Oh, if we get some segments with them again, like they did with, like, Brizongo, but with them, like, training Heath to get him tougher, that'd be great stuff. Like, even with him freaking out, like, oh, man, you know, I got kids. I just bought a pool. Like, it's like, it's like yeah. okay, yeah, then we're reiterating the stuff that you guys have written off months ago. Yeah, that was the thing I liked most about that segment was that he legitimately was freaking out. What are they going to do, fire us? I got kids. I got a pool. I thought that was funny. I, I would like to see them get some, like, lo- on-location segments. Um, I don't know if they'll do that for them again, but I would definitely wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, it scared me for a second because even Rhino, like, kind of saying, like, you need to toughen up. I thought Heath was going to be, like, you know, like, and they kind of break apart that way. But yeah. him having, like, the little funny, sinister look, and it's like, oh, damn, yeah, ECW. Like, he does no tough. So... <laughs> So I don't know. I just thought it was like, all right, they're going to split up. And I was like, oh, okay, he's receptive to it, all right. And it was like kind of funny. It was like, all right, so we'll see. Now we're going to see what they do. I just hope that they, they do right with these guys because they're, they're definitely entertaining. Yeah, they can be. I was just talking about them on the show last week, and I thought that it, it was like a, a missed opportunity with them. So I'm happy that it's like, ah, you know, maybe there's like a little magic left for those guys. Um as far as Raw, what are are you happy with where Samoa Joe is? Because I'm, I like that he's getting to kind of shine a little bit, and he's portrayed as a big deal. But I really, really need to see him get a title, like sooner rather than later. Honestly, I think Roe fits. I mean, I said Roe. Joe fits as a raw guy. I honestly would have preferred him on SmackDown because it would have it would have been easier to kind of do the title between him and AJ or him and you know it would have been an easier mix for him because there's just so much going on on Raw. But as far as what they have him doing on Raw, I do like it because it keeps him looking strong. But with the whole Brock being there and having a title and not being on television, it kind of kills him having the opportunity of having that main title. Because, I mean, he could do well with the other titles, but it's just like the the other titles are kind of tied to dumbass storylines, so it's kind of hard to stick Joe in the mix somewhere. But I definitely do believe that Joe deserved the titles. Hell, I would like a storyline if he had all the titles and they all just were chasing after him trying to get the titles off of him. Well, what? he is the bell of the ball, and yeah, all the popular all the... boys want to dance with him. 
Exactly. It's definitely in my notes. That I, I thought that was great. Like even like just like some of the stuff he says, just like, oh, it's, that's so heelish. I love it. So that was definitely like a good one. It was super funny. And like even Seth, like Seth looked like he was definitely gonna get ready to laugh at that. Like he's not good at hiding that by the way. He he definitely chuckles when stuff is funny. <laughs> he definitely does. I I love Joe. I just wanna see them put a title on him and make it mean something as soon as possible. Um, yeah, that he's definitely become the he's him he him coming in kind of swapped out for Kevin Owens going to SmackDown for me. Like he became like that person that all right, they're gonna do something entertaining this week on Raw. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking forward to seeing when he's popping up on my screen. Yeah, I agree. Um so the only other thing I could think of that's worth talking about on Raw is and I really would like your, to hear your thoughts on it, is the announcement officially being made for the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match. So you heard my thoughts on it on Matt Madness 101. What are your thoughts on it? First of all, Elias was great in that segment. <laughs> um, not high on him. And I have an answer to your question. He does turn his guitar and purposely hit people that way i don't know why he does it because it's hurting more than it is hitting them with the actual guitar backwards but he has been doing that on purpose by the way (laughs) um i've been waiting for you to come on the show to tell you that (laughs) um but he definitely sold the first couple of ladies coming out uh the match i didn't care about it because i don't i'm not sold on absolution i think it's crap they've could have brought these these ladies out better um especially in better stables like it's just trash to me um i i am reverse joe lafferty because as much as he dislikes triple h i dislike his wife and by his wife i mean triple h wife that much more i cannot stand her on tv personality I can't stand how she berates men when she's on television. I can't stand how cheesy she can be. I can't stand how she interrupted that brawl so abruptly and just kind of announced it in the middle of a damn fight. Who does that? And I just don't like how it was just immediately presented in the middle of a damn brawl. It was stupid. However, I do love that they presented this idea, even though we know it was coming. I do love that it's been introduced and they're actually going with it. At this point, I love it. I want to see it. I want to see it booked well, though. I agree. How many women do you think are going to be in it? 20 or 30? Uh, right now, I'm thinking probably 20 because I don't know how many they would pull from NXT, even though you just had the Mae Young Classic. A lot of those women should have been signed if they're not already signed. There's a lot of them that are still doing indie spots. There's WWE wrestlers doing indie spots, which we can kind of get into. Um, so I'm thinking 20, that they can actively pull from, bro- from both shows. Unless they pull out some vets, then they could probably do the 30. Um, but... Yeah, at this point, it's just like how well can they book it? Who can they pull in to fill out the numbers if they're going to go higher? 
Do you think we get uh, Ronda Rousey and her four horsewomen? You know, I really dislike them because of them, Shayna Baszler got pushed to the final of the May Young Classic. <laughs> I love that you still haven't let that go. Oh, no, I have not forgotten because Shayna Baszler should have not gotten that far. I don't take anything away from her character or what she is able to do in the ring, but she messed up my damn bracket multiple times, and <laughs> I do not appreciate it. And I don't think that she should have made it that far. So do I think Ronda can make an appearance? Possibly. Do I care? Not really. And that's who, just the gist of it. Who? Now, I know we don't know who's all in it. I know we don't know a lot of details about it. But just like your very first thought, who do you think is going to win the first Women's Rumble? Um, hmm. Asuka. Yeah, I mean, it's a good choice. It's kind of hard to pick against her. She's never lost, so... Why start now? Yeah, because I just don't see how if you're going to keep her strong, unless the only, and it's funny because there's only two people I think you would have to get all of them to gang up on to get them out the ring, and it's Nia and Oscar. Yeah. And I just I, don't see how they would, otherwise they would get Oscar out of the ring. And that's why, it's one of the reasons why I think she could. She may not win the Rumble is because it's one way where they could have like eight people gang up on her and throw her out so it doesn't necessarily make her look bad. Um, but I, I don't think we'll really be able to get a good feel for it until we see how they build it for the next month. I think that's what we got. We have five or six weeks left before the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. So we have some time to see how they're going to build toward it but i i think we we all on the the matt madness network are in agreement that we don't like the way the news was broken we don't like that stephanie stole the spotlight and uh yeah i think you'd be hard pressed hard pressed to find anyone who doesn't agree with that yeah i i like stephanie outside of her television persona, but I as soon as I see her pop up on Raw, I immediately just get infuriated. She's an asshole and a dickhead. <laughs> well, thank you, Don, Don Laugh. Uh, Donnie Laugh. Um, do you have any Moving thoughts? on. Do you have any thoughts from Clash of Champions? Uh, I don't even think I put notes down for Clash of Champions, honestly. Uh, well, I'll was... just ask you a couple simple things. Did you enjoy the show? Ooh, uh, let's look at this card here. Uh, kind of. That's kind of yeah. been that's kind of been the uh, the popular answer. Like, didn't hate it, but I really didn't like it all that much either. That's kind of how I felt. Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder, I didn't really care about it. Um, I am glad that Mojo won because Zack Ryder is trash to me. He has me blocked on Twitter um, because I, along with Prep and our good friend JB Toys, has uh, sent him a picture of myself stepping on his figure in a toy store. <laughs> and 
unlike uh, most men who have thick skin, he obviously does not, and he has blocked me on Twitter. And I, uh, I feel good about it, actually. Yeah, I feel good about that, too. Goldberg, well, William Goldberg blocked me, and Zack Ryder has blocked you. I think we're doing good work on, uh, well, I on got, social media. Well, I, I traded I trade him because I was blocked by Joe Budden earlier this year, and I got unblocked, so then I had to get blocked by someone else. And I think Zack Ryder's an okay pick for now. Yeah, so why not Zack Ryder? Um, that works. What, uh, what about... Do you think do you think gender is done being a main event heel? Mm. Uh, not until they figure out how to do this thing with Shane and Kevin Owens and Sammy. So I think that's kind of where they'll go next, or less Orton turns, and we all know Orton can turn at any moment because yeah. he's a snake, and we'll get into him in a while too. But I still don't like him. But um, I don't. I think they they kind of need him right now to be the heel. Um, because with Kevin and Sammy and this Shane and Daniel Bryan angle, he's kind of the only heel that they have for that picture at the moment. Yeah, hmm. like they don't have one because like like Sammy and KO are tied up with Bryan and Shane. So you may. I mean, you may be right. I don't. I don't know who's next. For AJ Styles. I really don't want them to pull Corbin up into that. I don't think, even though Bobby Roode is just an entrance, turning him heel after you didn't brought him up as face is going to take a little bit time. Like, it's not turning him heel out of nowhere is just stupid, even though we know WWE would do that just to kind of work off the, the him turning him heel. There's not a lot of guys at the top that are heels. It's like three of them right now that I can think of. Unless you're going to do the right thing and pull Rusev up, but you're not because he's in attack picture right now, and I actually do not want him to be moved because I would like to see him and Aiden get the title at some point. Do you um, think they will? I hope so. I mean, Rusev is he's, – he's like the new – he's one of the new Cody in WWE. He gets – sticks that sometimes should not get over and he gets them over like that boston crowd they put rusev over like they were like into it even with aiden english they were into the whole thing like they i like literally tweeted that night for that time and i was like rusev is over like again like it's not the first time that he's been over and I had to look the other day at the top 20 entrances, I think, for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that man pulled into WrestleMania on a tank in true Russians fashion. And he's been amazing since then, before then, and he is now. Then now, forever, Rusev is great. Yeah, I, I think that was a very underrated entrance. I, I think he's one of the more underrated guys on the main roster. Absolutely. For a long time now. He's honestly... I hope this doesn't happen, but if it does, he will be another one of those guys like an Owen Hart, a Scott Hall, one of those guys that's right at the cusp who should have gotten the title and may have may not because of dumbass booking. Yeah, I, I while I also hope that they win the tag team titles, I don't think they will. Unfortunately, um, I just whatever reason I feel like the track record is there that. 
it's just not something they're going to do. Uh, well, well, I mean, we'll see it at the moment. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it all depends. But right now, I mean, I, I, I see, I understand why you would think that because it's in the back of my mind, to be honest. But I really think they should get something, something. I don't even care if you just put the belt on Rusev and you just have Aiden continue to aid him <laughs> like that. Um, but, um. Yeah, I just he needs something. Like give him something. He deserves something. He can run with it. Like and especially with Aiden with him, give those guys something more to do. Like give them a title to run with. Like we know that that'd be great with it because he's been he's done great with the U.S. title when he had it. Like, and I, I don't even understand why it's his wife with with Bay Mina. But I mean, <laughs> so. um, is there any other main roster WWE stuff you want to get into? Uh, other than. I mean, Clash of Champions was just kind of was what it was. And, I, I mean, I didn't really care for the Charlotte and Natty match, even though the whole Natty thing at the end was interesting. I don't I don't know what that was, so we'll see what that's about with her. Mm-hmm. kind of sounding like she's leaving. Dolph pretty much did the same thing the next night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I actually, I had a list of people who would probably do good on the indies, and those two definitely popped up on that list. But mm-hmm. I, I, I nixed that list. Um, the Zane Nakamura Orton Owens match was just pretty much about Brian and Shane. I hate what Shane's becoming. You're doing this McMahon shtick again. I freaking hate it. I don't want to see it. Like I really don't. It's really bothering me that Shane is doing this because it's just like you can't. It's like it's in McMahon DNA. Like you can't just stay face. You have to do some heel stuff at some point, and I don't know why, and I hate it. Other than that, uh, I like the Dolph one, and that's pretty much it for Clash of Champions. Like it, 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 it was okay at at best. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was okay at best. Um, yeah, that's other how I than feel. that, other than that, I don't I don't think I have anything other than main roster that needs to be talked about because I mean these weekly shows, I literally just try to find. I'm 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 Ron Pashry Jr. at this point. I just find points where I can try to skip ahead. <laughs> yeah, find what you like and stick to that, and it makes yeah, your life a lot easier. Yeah, it's just it's so tough. It's like even on Raw, you have so many women back there that you can pull dope matches with, and you just always try to lump them together. Yeah, the Absolution and the Riot Squad. I hate that they added extra T to Ruby Riot's name. I hate that the Riot Squad is the Riot Squad. Sarah Logan is. Terrible. Uh, what's the other girl's name? The kickboxer chick. Her talking is terrible. Uh, everyone's Sonya talking Deville. is terrible. Yeah, everyone's talking is terrible. Why everyone stop talking? And not, and it's not because they're women. It's just because they're terrible. Um, yeah, they're not ready to be there. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty. No, I, there's certain. I can make a case for Liv. She's been there for a while. Uh, you can make a case for Mandy. She's been there for a while. Um. Even though I think like those two, they you probably could have stuck them together. Even though we know the iconic duo is the only great duo of women that can be stuck together right now. Yeah, I would I wouldn't even mind it if they came up to be honest, um, and just kind of did a little trickery and playing with 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 some of the women on the roster. Um, that's just that's mad mad. It, even some they could have signed some of those women uh, from the May Young Classic and put them on. I mean, uh, you. I mean, you just, it's, it's so much they could have done, and they just haven't in true WWE fashion. It's just disappointing. Yeah. Well, I guess before we move on from 
the main roster of WWE. I know you had a a list of your favorites. I think it was a top twenty favorites from this past year. So would you like yeah. to run down that list for everybody? Yeah, I definitely would. And I I think I revisited once or twice. And this is just twenty. Like there's so many wrestlers out there who. I've enjoyed watching them this year. I've pretty much kind of, I've tried to skew some of the some of the top names off. There's some that are on here, maybe one or two. But I've tried to keep the Bullet Club guys and the the, the Okadas and the Jerichos. I kind of kept them off this list. Okay. The only one guy on this list that's a really one or two guys on this list that are really top guys. But I tried to keep it off of the popular picks for the most part. Yeah. Number one, even though this is probably a popular pick, Pete Dunn. Everyone knows I love Pete Dunn. Mm-hmm. He's great. He has a dope finishing move, and every time I watch him, I enjoy what I see. Number two is Tessa Blanchard. Uh, she has a great stick. She has a great gimmick. She has a great look. And she's one who I don't know what contractually is going on, but she should be signed to WWE. Um even though I'm not mad that she's not, because I don't know, there's a I don't know at all. It it will it would make sense in the climate being that there's such a dwindle of females in NXT right now. I think she could come up and kind of shake things up a bit, especially for Ember Moon, who I mean you, she has competition, but it's like it's not like what it was a couple of years ago. Right. So I think it would have made sense for her to come up, but she's definitely been killing in Wrestle Circus and on the indie scene and doing a lot of great stuff. I just watched one of her matches from Wrestle Circus with Burt Baker this morning. It was great. Um, so, yeah. And it's not an order. This is my guys that I picked. Um, <laughs> AJ Styles, because AJ Styles is just phenomenal. He's probably the most fluent wrestler out there. Um, just like it doesn't look like he's even trying at this point. It's just like muscle memory for him to wrestle and just do stuff. So it's just always enjoyable. Kevin That's Owens a great one. Another, another good another, one. Another guy on that list. Yeah, it's just like he's flowing at this point. From talking to wrestling, it's just like it's it's second nature to him. No attending for uh, Charlotte, but it's just like it's it's it, even like in super stuff. It's stuff where it's just like almost super stupid, like with the chain thing. It's still like you find him and he finds a way to be entertaining in the middle of it. Um, not just entertaining, but also wrestling good even though like, it's not even about him wrestling a lot of the time. Uh, five is Braun Strowman just because Braun has been built as a great character just tossing things and people and even some of the stuff he does is just like super funny and, and like some of the stuff that happens with that he does I don't know how he, he keeps a straight face because it's just super funny. Um, but I don't know like you can say what you want about Braun Strowman I've enjoyed what he's done this yeah. year. Uh Everyone knows this guy is one of my top guys. Pentagon Jr., number mm-hmm. six, because he's just he's excellent character. He has excellent moveset. He has an excellent look. And obviously, Joe, I literally download on YouTube anything that has Pentagon Jr. in it that is a clear for me to see. That's clear for me to see. I watch it. Um, he also put this, on your favorite match you've ever seen live. He actually has put on my favorite match I've ever seen live at House of Hardcore this year in April. And because of that match and the the match that I've seen this person in, in July versus Jeff Cobb, this guy is the next person on my list at number seven, Sammy Callahan. He has snuck on my list of people that I've loved watching this year. 
even with his stuff on Lucha Underground. He's been great. He's been dope. And coming into this year, I wasn't high on Sammy Callahan. I didn't see what the big fuss was about. But this year, that guy has made it on my list of people that I've enjoyed watching him wrestle. So kudos to you, Sammy, if you're mm-hmm. out there listening. Number eight, Will Ospreay. I posted the other night that I need to see that guy live next year. He was in Philly this past weekend. I did not get tickets for ROH. And I'm super upset because I just posted that and looked online, and he was in Philly this weekend, and I'm super upset and pissed <laughs> what, you know, life moves on. So that guy's just great. He's another one of those dudes that just, he does everything so fluently. He does just a lot of super great, dope moves, and it's just amazing to watch him wrestle. Uh, number nine, and I got to give a shout-out to Vanity. <laughs> yes, you is, do. Who is honorary on this list. Even though she's not necessarily on this list, she's on. She doesn't need to be on the list because she's above list. She has put me on to just like searching for her matches. I it opened my mind to a discovery of a bunch of women wrestlers out there that are on the indie scene, and this has been one of my favorites besides Vanity on this list to watch. And her name is Sonya Strong. Okay. I love everything Sonya Strong does. She's probably my second favorite to watch besides Manning um, out there. And she's wrestled men. <clears throat> she's wrestled women. And she does great every time. I, I follow her on Instagram. She actually liked that. I gave her the heart eye emoji uh, earlier today. <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing against you, babe. I love you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's definitely been one of my favorite wrestlers to watch this year. She's great, and she's dope, and that's all that needs to be said. Number 10, Sasha Banks, because Sasha Banks will always be on my list, even though she has been booked kind of terribly. Sasha Banks always holds a place in my heart and on my list because she's Sasha Banks and she is great. <clears throat> Number 11 is a guy I talked about earlier because he's just super dope and he's hard to not watch, hard to not want to watch. Uh, and that's Cesaro, just because, I mean, the dude lost, damn near lost his teeth. And continuing to wrestle. If it was me, I would say time out, got the hell out of there, match is over. But he stuck in there and wrestled for like, what, another half hour or something like that? Yeah, I, w- I would have been immediately running to the back, getting ambulanced and police escorted to the, uh, to the, um, to the dentist. Yeah, so like that guy, it just, even he does something all the time, like around the ring or in the ring, and it's just always like something dope and worth watching, so... I had to put him on my list just because he's made it entertaining to watch Seamus. Um, oh, shoot. I lied. Vanity is on my list. She's number 12. Sorry, Vanity, <laughs> if you're listening. You're so good that I forgot to put you on the list because you had to be on the list because you're just that damn good. Uh, your character is amazing. Uh, your wrestling is great. I love your heel work. Your T-shirt is great. And you're on this list because you opened up the floodgates to watching other women wrestlers this year for me. And she and cuts cookies like nobody else. Cuts cookies like no one. This is cookie cutter season. <laughs> that should be. That should. If you're if you're listening to this, Manny, you have to do something with that. I will freely give you that. It is cookie cutter season. That is dope. Uh, so yeah, you're, I'm sorry for even saying that you weren't on the list because I didn't even look at my list. Mind you, I was kind of drunk when I made this list, and <laughs> I didn't even realize that I just simultaneously put you on the list. So Vanity is number twelve on my list. Number thirteen is Takahashi from Los Ignorables de Japón, and I probably said that wrong, but you know what? <laughs> don't don't care because I'm not from Japan or Spanish. So uh, Young Takahashi is great. 
I like him. Uh, the ticking time bomb stick is great. The uh, the little thing with the puppet that I can't remember his name right now is great. And I just like that he's just like weird and kind of out there. He just doesn't care. Like all of them don't care. It's just a, I just I don't know. I'm a very not caring person about a lot of things. So Lij not caring is just great for me. I love them. They're like one of my favorite stables. <laughs> Number fourteen is Joe Shirai. Uh, I think she wrestles mostly in stardom in Japan. And I just, like, I kind of started watching her because she has, she's a part of one of my favorite, not even matches, but my favorite episodes of Lucha Underground where Pentagon Jr. fights the uh, Lotus Triad. And she was the last member of the Lotus Triad that he fought. And she just looks amazingly beautiful and sexy and great. And she just wrestles great. And she's just great. And I've enjoyed watching her this year and the stuff that she's done. Fun, strong advantage. You're sexy and amazing too. <laughs> and Tessa, if you're listening, um, <laughs> number fifteen is Rusev because Rusev is great and it's always Rusev Day. Always. Uh, actually, what's today's date, Ron? Uh, today's date is we are now into twelve twenty-two, which is Rusev. Canceled. It's Rusev Day. <laughs> so Rusev is just great, man. Like he takes cookie he takes crumbs and makes cookies out of it it's just it's amazing how they just give him crap to always go with and he just gets over on his own it's amazing how wwe does that to wrestlers and they just continue to defy the odds um number 16 this guy has made it on my list just because i like he had a great match with pentagon jr that i've seen he's done great with his stuff in lucha underground and he's made it on my list just because he's super dope and it's ar fox okay um he's awesome He's dope, and like, it's, it's he's just dope, and it's just like it's a guy. When I first seen him, I was like, you know, he has something. I don't know if I'll exactly get into him, but just seeing his work on Lucha Underground and seeing his match against Pentagon, the dude is dope. He's great. He's amazing, and I've enjoyed watching him this year. Number he was a seventeen guest on False Count Anywhere. He sure was. <clears throat> was a guest on False Count Anywhere. Speaking of False Count Anywhere, you guys got to get me on that show. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Number, number seventeen. My boy Naito, I love Naito, man. He's just great. The the fist thing, I actually do the fist thing to like people all the time. They don't <laughs> know that I'm doing it, but I know that I'm doing it, and I get a kick out of it when people actually give me the fist bump. So <laughs> it's amazing. I do that more than a too sweet now because I just like it more. I like how he just disrespects titles and he throws them around. I like how he just walks around carelessly. It's amazing, and I love it. It's also um, not copyrighted like too sweet is. Yeah, and it's funny because Flip Jordan actually, uh, Flip Gordon, we'll get into it, because mm-hmm. I'll talk about uh, Final Battle in a second. Uh, number 18 is actually your guy. I enjoyed what he's done this year, just kind of coming off of having the title of ROH and just kind of having other matches and just still finding ways to be entertaining and being great, and that's Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed watching him, even what he just did with Marty Scroll. Scroll. I think that's how you say it because he said that people mispronounce it all the time now. So I'm trying to say it the right way. Squirrel. Yeah, that. So, um, but he's definitely, I've enjoyed seeing stuff that Jay Lethal has been doing. There is one thing I haven't enjoyed that he did recently, but I'll get into that as well. But he's on this list because I've enjoyed him. 19 is by default Ricochet. Um, Just his Lucha Underground stuff alone has been dope. It's Prince Puma. Uh, 
don't really know what's going on. I haven't seen much of him lately. I'm pretty sure he's still wrestling. Just don't know exactly where. Um, I know his character on Lucha Underground had to leave because he lost the Pentagon. So I don't know if that's leading him to be WWE bound or what. I uh, kind of hope he doesn't unless they, unless him and Tessa go because they're dating. Unless they go and they do something with them together or they actually have something dope for him to do, I really would like to not see him go, but uh, it's not my contract to sign. Um, <laughs> and 20, it's Shane Strickland. And that's because of him and AR Fox kind of made this list together because of the match that they had on Lucha Underground. It was super dope. A lot of blood, a lot of guts. And he just had a match recently where he, like, literally got his back, like, chipped up where you can see the white meat. I think yeah, was, like, I saw that. It was nasty. Yeah. And if you don't think wrestling is real, and I've, I've had to show a couple people recently because I had, like, a little sister of mine, like, posted something to me on Twitter, like, somebody saying wrestling is real. Yeah. I immediately posted that picture of Saint Shane Strickland and said, tell me this doesn't look real. This <laughs> happened from wrestling. So that's my 20 list of guys. I probably easily could have got to 25, 30. But, uh, yeah, that's my list. I've enjoyed all these people this year. And mind you, I watch a lot of wrestling. Uh, fortunately, a lot of it is WWE, but I watch a lot of stuff off of YouTube as well, stuff that I'm able to get. And there's millions and millions of good matches and things to see on YouTube. So I encourage you guys to get out there, do your YouTube and do your Googles and find these great people out there. Yeah, I so I don't have a top 20 list. I'll just mention a couple of things that I did love about wrestling this past year. One is the rise of Braun Strowman. Um, I have enjoyed the rise of Elias Sampson. I feel like he's getting a ton of heat. I enjoy when he comes out every week and kind of the way he's going to run down the hometown heroes of whatever city they're in. Um, obviously, just getting to watch AJ Styles for another year is always a treat. Um, I'm going to say Evolve is one of the things that was like a highlight of the year for me. I watched a few Evolve shows from when I guest hosted Falls Count Anywhere. And I think that's a great promotion that everyone should check out if they get the opportunity to. Uh, the discovery of Leo Rush was one of my favorite things of 2017. Um, and obviously my favorite person in the world of wrestling. He went from the back half of my top ten to on my Rushmore to my number one of all time, Chris Jericho. Now he's about to go do something great with Kenny Omega in New Japan. So those are just a few things off the top of my head that I really loved in in 2017. Um, I have not seen anything from Final Battle except for the flippy dropkicky sequence from the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon and whoever else was in the match. And I saw the clip of... Marty Skrull pretending like he got hit with the chair when the ref's back was turned, and then Lethal wrapping it around his neck and falling. Um, so I don't have much to input on Final Battle, so I guess this segment of the show you can kind of go with. But I would like your opinion on the uh, the flippy dropkicky sequence. Yeah, I'll just run through it real quick. Um, started off with Matt Taven versus Will Ospreay, which was a super dope match. The Kingdom, which Matt Taven is a part of, is actually a group I like. I haven't seen a super a lot of their stuff, 
But from all the stuff that I have seen, especially this year, I like these guys. I feel like they're dope. Um, and I like to see what they will do more kind of going forward. Mm -hmm. Osprey is great. Nothing left to say about that. I've said enough about him earlier. <laughs> and to me, honestly, I think that might have been my match of the night as far as this card goes. Really? Personal. Yeah. Um, I got War Machine versus the Generation Killers, which are uh, Christopher Daniels and Cash, who I think they should have been in WWE. But, you know, whatever. Um, it was a good match. War Machine got to show off their, a lot of their offense. And I heard a rumor that they may be going to WWE, so that might have been a match to kind of highlight and show what they're able to do. Mm -hmm. Um so it is what it is. Um, Jay Lethal versus Marty Skrull, right? Skrull. 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 Like girl. No, I think it's no. He said he said the R comes before the U. Really? Yeah. yeah. So it's like Brett he Favre. Skrull. Skrull. I think it's how it's pronounced. So it's like Brett Favre, how the V comes before the R, but you say the R first. Yeah, he says people pronounce it wrong. It's actually Skrull. Okay. Or something to that extent, yeah. But he said the R sounds come before the U. It was on some other, um, it was on some uh, celestial radio show, other than uh, Matt Madness. So, um, um, but this, this I actually was something I look forward to because during the ROH tapings in Philly that we went to last month, this the 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 build to that started there. So we actually got to see that being taped for the build up for this match for final battle. Um. So I was definitely invested in that. Um, I mean, it was a dope match. It was definitely a good chess match. Both guys getting their offense off. Both guys kind of showing what they can do. The only thing that I hate about this match is the promo with Jay Lethal. I have an extreme hatred for Fedora Hats. And he wore a fedora hat that wasn't even tightly fitted on his head. It was kind of linked off a little bit. <laughs> it pissed me off so <laughs> badly. I get immediately infuriated when I see fedora hats. And he had the nerve to wear one in the promo. I never want to see that happen again. And then when he came out, they made a joke about it, about him not wearing the fedora hat. As he came out in his interest, and I immediately got infuriated again because they mentioned that damn hat, and I hate them. <laughs> That's fair. I mainly hate them because my best friend wore one at one point in our lives, and he wore it quite a bit. And for I just thought it was such a stupid thing to wear. I hated it, and ever since then, <laughs> I hate fedoras. I don't like them. They piss me off immediately when I see them, much like. Much like knitted hat with brims, they're the stupidest thing on earth, the little beanies or the knitted ones that sometimes women wear with the jewels or something crazy on it. I hate all of it. Stop wearing <laughs> terrible hats. Bad hats infuriate me immediately. Now, Was that Donnie versus that, the world? For that's this Donnie versus the world. Stop wearing terrible hats, people. It's infuriating. It's frustrating. And I don't know why, but I hate it. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> we have uh, the Motor City, Motor City Machines. That's what those hats are, they're shitty. <laughs> Motor City mas Machine Guns versus the Best Friends. I'm not completely sold on the Best Friends, and I know Prep is probably going to be upset and angry, but I told him this at the ROA show. I'm not sold on those guys. I've never been sold on uh, uh, Beretta, Trent Beretta, even though he was an NXT guy initially. 
I think, uh, before he went back to the Indies. Hmm. Um, I've never, yeah, if you look at the ONXC stuff, he was there. Um, but I'm, I'm not sold on them. Not that they're not great, not that I don't think they can wrestle or they can go, because they definitely can. I'm just not, they're not my, my cup of tea as far as tag teams that I like. Motor City Machine Guns, I, I'm struggling with this word so bad right now. Hmm. Um, but um, I like them per se, but I like them because I remember them in TNA when I was younger. But as far as right now, they're not necessarily another one of my favorite tag teams. I just like them because I know that they're good, but they're not my guys. And I just remember them from when I was younger in TNA. Definitely uh, one of them. I'm not sure if Alex Shelley was there or not. I believe he was, though. But, <clears throat> I mean, anyway, it was a good match. Uh, ended well. Uh, the best friends became close to getting the titles, but they didn't. Because the most <laughs> city machine guns outsmarted them. Won the match. Was what it was. Uh, we had Kenny King versus Punishment, Martinez versus Shane Taylor versus Silas Young. I uh, would have preferred Kenny King to keep the title. He got hit in the back of the head with a beer bottle because the Beer City Bruiser was out there. Silas Young took advantage of that, took a beer bottle, smashed it in the back of his head. I thought it was stupid, but, and you know, it was what it was. Silas Young ended up pinning Punishment, Martinez, and winning the title. I'm not a big fan of Silas Young either. Definitely not a big fan of him taking the title. Uh, the TV title, I would have rather Kenny King keep it out of those four, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it is what it is. He's He's been on a build for, for a long time now, and he's definitely put in the work, so I'm not too mad about him taking the title, but I would have rather, like, them do a singles match and him take, them take the title. Or, you know, Kenny King kind of get some sort of edge on him, and then they go into something else on their own. But <clears throat> I'm not too mad at South taking title, but I, I would have rather Kenny King keep it. Uh, we got Bully Ray, <clears throat> Tommy Dreamer versus the Briscoes. Now, this is something that I don't think we're at all the events that we were, but we've kind of seen this play out between ROH and the House of Hardcore shows in Philly. Mm-hmm. So this was good to see the kind of culmination of it happening from uh, the the – Attack on uh, Bully Ray during his uh, retirement speech to attack on Tommy Dreamer and House of Hardcore almost causing two rides from the Briscoes, which I was a part of, sort of. Um, and kind of seeing the culmination happen at Final Battle, even though I expected more from the match, I don't think it was all that great, especially if it's Bubble Ray or, Billy, or Bully Ray's last match. I expected a lot more. Yeah. Um, he definitely did the dives <clears throat> twice, I believe. <laughs> and I didn't realize how bad they looked until I like watched the match over like once or twice, what twice, and I was just like, uh, yeah, those guys are pretty bad. But <laughs> and it just is what it is, and I really don't care at this point because Bubba Ray, you stiffed me the last time I seen you at Icon, so I kind of owe you one. <clears throat> but yeah, those guys are pretty bad. Um, the Briscoes, they're they're from Delaware, but they're from like Lower Delaware, so like. They're like distant cousins, I guess. But they really made it hard to be from Delaware in the House of Hardcore building <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, and people are like, oh, you're from Delaware? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're from Slower Lower. I'm from the city. Because <laughs> that's, that's how they disrespect Lower Delaware people here. I don't think that people in Lower Delaware think you're great. Continue to listen to my show and support me. <laughs> now, <clears throat> um, but I just expected more out of this match. Like, I just felt like it, it, it was, it kind of was done for the nostalgic purpose to send Bully Ray out, but I feel like it could have been a lot better. They could have done a lot more. 
And even some of the table spots that they did, the tables didn't break correctly. So it was just kind of like, uh, and they had to kind of improvise and do other ways of breaking the tables. But I just felt like it was it was kind of a dull match for, for Bully to go out on. Um, you got uh, the Bullet Club versus Flip Gordon, Dragon Lee, and uh, Titan, or whatever the name is. I don't mm-hmm. know how they said it. <clears throat> and this is where the whole dropkick fiasco happened. Me personally, seeing the Young Bucks live in Philly, and they had a different shtick. It wasn't a dropkick. It was uh, the the double uh, Meltzer driver. Mm-hmm. And they did, um, they did the whole kick in... Flip Gordon do the nip up thing, which I thought was great. The young but the reason I wasn't upset about it is because it's a spot that you kind of know, especially if you watch Young Bucks wrestling. It's a spot that you know that they're gonna do something to that extent in their match, especially when it's big ones, and it's it's entertaining, and it's hard to explain why or how it's entertaining. But it is. It somehow tells a story, even though it's something that's trivial or maybe like, uh, this is this is silly. Yeah. And it's kind of super hard to explain. But when I saw it and I seen the outrage about it, I was like, I can see how someone could be like, uh. And then I could, in my own mind, I'm like, I thought it was good because I've seen them wrestle for a long time now. I know that they do spots in their matches. And it's something that it's like it's it's I'm trying to think here how to best explain it where where it makes sense. It's kind of like it's kind of like you're at a concert and you're kind of going through your set and you have like that breakdown period where like the the beat goes out and it's kind of like some rhyming or something and it's like. You really want this part to like go on and to really rock out, but it's like not because it's like something missing out of it. It's kind of like almost a break period, almost where it's like yeah. the transition to get back or to re reset the match. And that might have been a bad analogy right now because I'm kind of I'm trying to say it as I'm thinking it, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that was a bad analogy, so I apologize. But it's kind of like a it's like it's like a spot, but it's like a reset spot. It's like a spot where you can kind of. No, it's like you're in a rap battle and you're kind of setting up something big to say. You say it and you know because you know people are going to pop for it, especially if they're there. And it gives you time to kind of think what's the next set of moves. It's kind of like a bridge to kind of start the next set of things. Yeah. If that makes sense. It makes sense. So, and that's kind of why I'm not mad at it. One, I watch them a lot, so I'm not, I'm used to them doing a spot like that. And two, it's kind of like, it gives them the break. Instead of doing dumbass rest holds, that's kind of like their rest hold. Well, I guess that's so a good that's, way to describe it. I hated it. Uh, anyone who listened to Matt Madness knows that I did not like it. I'm tired of that two guys drop kicking each other at the same time uh, spot. But I, I do uh, at least understand that point of it's kind of a way to, to like, bring everything to a stop and then start again from there. Right. And Young Bucks, please send me some merch because that was, that was tough to try to defend. Um, <laughs> I made two bad analogies just to get to one that was good. So please help a brother out. Send some merch, even though I've already bought some. <laughs> 
So, yeah, other than that, uh, Flip Gordon is amazing as usual. Uh, it's, those guys are always kind of end up working with guys who are fluid in their in their movements. So it's kind of a fast-paced match. There's a lot of fluency and a lot of the movements and the maneuvers, even the drop kick, even though one guy was kind of off in that drop kick. So that might have been what really made it terrible for people. But uh, Daniel Cormier's comments, he, he's, in, he's entitled to feel how he feels. But if you don't watch that, then... I can see why you get snapped on. The only person who has commented on wrestling recently who really has pissed me off is Mia Khalifa. I think she's pure trash when it comes to sports comments. I think her show Out of Bounds is pure trash. No no disrespect to Gilbert Arenas. I think you're great. You're an amazing shooter. <laughs> and you're a great player. You're one of my best friends, favorite players ever. But I think Mia Khalifa is pure trash. I think she's terrible. I think she shouldn't talk about sports. Or well, she can because she's in allowed to as a human being but i think she shouldn't do it on platforms where it's recorded and people can like it um and i just think that she is a freaking a hot topic person the person who says stuff and just to try to get comments and and things off of it and i feel like she should not be speaking on wrestling especially since she doesn't watch it or has not watched it i know uh eva uh marie has went on her show and talked to her i did not watch it because that show is pure trash and I would like her to stop talking about things that she does not watch or attend. Yeah, that's fair. Moving on to uh, Cody and Dalton Castle. Cody has been one of my favorite wrestlers this year. However, I did not enjoy this match. Um, I felt like I do like that Dalton Castle won the title. I don't know where Cody goes from here, though. But I do like that Dalton Castle finally won the title. I feel like the match could have been better. Um, I don't know. I... I really hate that there was a point where Dalton does this whole feat where Cody's trying to pull him to the ring post to hit his nuts. And Dalton pulls his feet back. Cody hits the pole. And then you clearly can see, like, Cody under the ring. <coughs> and I don't know if it was a blading bit or mm -hmm. if he... And I'm pretty sure, like, it was something because when you see the after pictures, there's a cut on his eyebrow. So I don't know if it was blading or... What he did underneath the ring, which you could clearly see him like underneath the ring for like about a minute or so. And he comes up and his face is bloody. I'd be surprised <laughs> if he bladed himself on his eyebrow. And I don't know exactly what happened or if like, he already had the cut somewhere or I don't know what. But <clears throat> I was really pissed that I was even able to see that. Like, from that camera angle, like, uh, I shouldn't have been able to see him under the ring to even have a thought of wondering if he bladed or if he did something to kind of cut himself or to make himself bleed. I don't know. Even, like, the blood, it didn't necessarily look real. It looked like fake blood to me, honestly. <clears throat> and I think it was just an unnecessary part of the match if it wasn't real. And it really kind of added to the match where I already felt like it wasn't all that great. Yeah. Um, especially for for Dalton and winning the title off of, I feel like they could have done better with that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what were your overall thoughts of the final battle card? Um, for the most part, it was enjoyable. I liked it better than Clash of Champions. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't surprise me because Clash of Champions was nothing to uh, to write home about. Um, I have about ten oh. minutes left. Oh, go ahead. Also, I just I'm happy that they're finally 
uh, about the Crown of Women of Honors champion. I watched a lot of Women of Honor matches on YouTube and didn't even realize, like, hey, they don't have a champion. So I'm super glad that they're actually – they've introduced the title. Um, so I guess next year in January – the next year in January, but like a week away. <laughs> but, um, like oh, we got to wait all the way till next year in January. <laughs> you know, so such a long period of time. Like, why? But um, they're going to uh, crown a new champion soon, and I'm just super happy about that, and, and I think that's dope. Um, Yeah, but you were saying – Oh, I have about 10 minutes before I have to go. So I want to, one, mention another one of my favorite things from 2017 that I forgot was my discovery of Tony Storm. That was another one of the treats of 2017 for me. So for the the last 10 minutes, uh, we might as well do a little bit of MMA talk. There's one thing I know I want to discuss, but I want to let you talk about uh, some of the stuff that you had on your mind from the MMA world? Well, I mean, I've already talked about how pretty much the end of this year has been terrible for me and my picks in the MMA. It's been damn near destroying. Yeah. Uh, and I've just been in pure recovery mode um, as far as my love for MMA. Uh, as far as the last uh, UFC numbered card that I've seen, uh, Everything kind of went according to plan as far as what I picked. The only thing that had upset me was Karate Hottie losing, uh, who was Michelle Waterson. That was truly heartbreaking and disheartening. But I don't know. Hopefully she'll get back on the bull and ride again. We'll see what happens. Um, Other than that, uh, we had, uh, I think, Robbie Lawler and and Dos Anjos just fought. Yes. Uh, Dos Anjos winning by decision. I really... I'm not feeling decision fights, especially since Triple G. Uh, <clears throat> I think lost or tied. I think he tied. I don't even remember this point because I was just so pissed off at that 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 point. I walked out, but <clears throat> I'm super tired of fights going to decision like just fight to the death or knock each other. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't want referee. I don't want judges to have to choose who wins fights for a while. Yeah, you want to <laughs> so, you want to you want to find a way for someone to actually win a fight, not have. Other people say somebody want to fight. I I would rather you flip a coin and pick who wins than go to judges a lot of the time. <laughs> so because they get it wrong that, too often. Very often, especially in Vegas. Um, other than that, we have uh, Cyborg and Holly Holm coming up, and we both discussed that, that that's going to be good because Cyborg is known to just kill people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Holly Holm is – Someone that you can't sleep on because she's just a kick away from winning the fight. And she uh, has a kicker's chance. She has the kicker's chance. <laughs> uh, she she literally destroyed Ronda Rousey with it. She's destroyed Beth Correa with it. And I don't know if that's going to happen with Cyborg because she's made out of stone. But I'm interested to see how this fight happens and how it goes. And uh, I don't know. I mean, my pick for it is Chris Cyborg. Cause I don't even know if we're going to record it, if I'm going to record another episode by then. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's on the 30th, so I'm pretty sure I'm just going to enjoy my vacation, people. Yeah. My vacation, people. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick Cyborg for the win. But I think, I hope, it to, I hope it's going to be a good fight that doesn't go to the judges. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope so, too. I hope we get, like, a a actual definitive conclusion to that fight. 
also, uh, I heard that Connor is planning to come back next year sometime, which, I mean, we would kind of expect, I guess. Some people maybe not, but <clears throat> I expect him to be back next year. But my thing is, who does he fight at this point? I don't know. If I was him, I probably wouldn't because I don't I don't know what's out there that's interesting to me at this point. I mean, you got Ferguson out there. A lot of people want to see that. A lot of people want to see him go against uh, Khabib. So, I mean, I think those, one of those two would be on the car right now. Nate Diaz, I don't know what his situation is right now as far as fighting Conor or wanting to fight, period. So, I don't know how that's going to work out uh, or who's going to fight coming back, but I know it's going to generate a lot of money for him at least. Yeah, I, my reasoning for thinking he wouldn't want to fight anymore is he just made like upwards of $100 million to fight in a boxing yeah. match where – you know the risk is probably a little bit less in a fight like that. And he has a he had, he put out a documentary or a movie or something out recently too. Yeah, like to me it's it's like what what reason does he have to go back? Like maybe people want to see that Tony Ferguson fight or see him fight Khabib, but like why would he? What reason does he have to do it? Like it's I'm, a step back <clears throat> for him if he does it. I mean, all the other reason that would make sense is just because he's a, he's a fighter and he wants to fight. But I mean, at this point, I think a lot of people. I mean, there's a there's a lot of fighters out there who fight for the love of fighting. But I think when you kind of get to that point when you're on the other side of wanting to fight and you, you're looking for that big payday, I mean, you've reached it multiple times. So I mean, at this point, I would say I would have to say this because he he wants to fight. <clears throat> we'll see. I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if he decided to walk away. Um, I'm down to about four minutes left, so I just want to say this real quick. I know you remember when the GSP Bisping fight was made, yep. and I said I voiced my severe displeasure because I never respected that when GSP had the opportunity to go up to 185 to fight a super fight that every fan wanted to see against Anderson Silva, he didn't want to do it. And I think it was because he knew it was a fight that he very likely was not going to win. Um, He walked away uh, without losing his title. He just vacated the 170-pound title. Then all of a sudden, after almost four years away, he decides, you know what, I think I am going to go fight for that 185-pound title. And he picks probably the <coughs> weakest champion that that weight class has ever seen, definitely the weakest champion currently that was in UFC at the time, the most beatable 185-pound <coughs> champion he could have gone against. And I told you this, if he beats Michael Bisping, he is not going to fight at 185 again because he doesn't want to fight a top 185-pounder. And I get it, he's got some kind of health issue. But I knew that that guy did not have the heart to fight a real top-flight 185-pounder. He just wanted to be able to say he won titles in two weight classes, and he ran away as soon as he did it. Like, I I respect George for being a great fighter. At one time, he was probably the best athlete to ever step in the octagon. Uh, He was a great and legendary 170-pound champion. But everything that happened with him at 185 pounds in his return, I have zero respect for. And 
I have even less respect for him never defending that belt because I know he never had any intention to defend it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, <clears throat> I can't really disagree with you at this point. Other than only thing other I have to say regarding that situation is that I believe Michael Bisping fought like what two weeks later and lost again. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's I mean as far as GSP is it it is what it is. You can't really dispute that. The only thing I was just surprised that how was Michael Bisping even able to fight that quickly? I don't I mean, know. I know I know Cowboy Cerrone fights pretty much every damn day, but. <laughs> Jeez, like that was a quick turnaround for Bisping. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround. Yeah, Cerrone just—he's a guy that's just going to keep getting them checks. Yeah, he—he like, he fights. He just wakes up and says, "Yeah, I want to do it," and they throw him in a fight. So. Yeah, we have about a minute and a half left. You have any any last thoughts you want to get out? Um, nope, not really. Just uh, it's been a good year. Uh, for Matt Madness Podcast Network. It's been a good year for the Perfect Edge. Uh, we've been to a lot of House of Hardcores and Icons of Wrestling this year. ROH. We've been to some WWE stuff. We'll be at more things this year coming. Make sure you guys uh, uh, follow us on Facebook. You Follow us, follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at HeyArte. Uh, continue to support uh, Matt Madness Clothing, whether it's on What a Maneuver or... Uh, What's the other one that we have it on? I always forget this. Well, there's what a maneuver, collar and elbow. We have the the promo code, and it's late. It's almost two o'clock. I'm forgetting what else there is. I think it's madness or something like that. Something to that extent. Well, go on the main show and listen to the end where Aaron Lloyd talks about the <laughs> promo code because I I am terrible at this point at every on every episode. I'm just terrible at it. Um, yeah, I try to promote elbow it. Is, is, I believe, madness. I, there, but there is a promo code for uh, Pro Wrestling Crate. I don't remember what it is, though. I, I think it's Madness 2 or Matt Madness. Try them both and see what works. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, just, just trial and error. That's life, people. But, um, yeah, other than that, man, just uh, it's been a good year. Uh, love you guys, all of you guys, even though I hate you on audio <laughs> sometimes. Um. Not all of you, but most of you. Yes. Um, um, and, yeah, so that's, all, that's pretty much all I have to say, man. Well, for anyone listening, I just will remind you, I am Ron Pashery, the host of Matt Madness. This was the 20th episode of The Perfect Edge once again. And congratulations to Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. Donovan, why don't you uh, hit, hit your close? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 20th episode of the Perfect Edge. I have my dear friend Ron Pasher with me, who has started it. He is on day one-ish with me. <laughs> and in traditional fashion, I will close the show out like so. This has been the face of the heel, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast, Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Don Strowman, <laughs> Don DiBiase, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, the man that gravity remembered, Donnie Delaware. <laughs> also known as Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. <laughs> and you can call me the Donville Team Dream. <laughs> and I'm here with Ron Pashery, who is also known as Ron Pashery. <laughs> and we are known as the Mighty Don't Shush. And this has been the Perfect Edge. 
episode 20. Top guys Outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans with you handed.